More than half of all companies globally are family-owned or operated. Family businesses contribute 70% of the world's GDP and account for 65% of jobs. Their voices are important. Their stories must be told. Brought to you by the award-winning publication, Tharavat Magazine. This is the Family Business Voice with your host, Ramya Elagami. Organizing the family business. It wasn't until Edward Tyson's early 20s when his father sent him to a family business conference that he realized how little he knew about the family business. Furthermore, their firm's documentation and communication wasn't centralized, which made the learning curve steeper than it needed to be. At the same conference, Tyson, who had been coding since his teens, met Edward Janssen, who was experiencing a similar problem in his family business. Together, they came up with a solution, an online platform to help create transparency, enhance governance, and essentially manage their entire family business ecosystem. They soon realized that other family businesses in their circle and beyond could benefit from the same platform. They also noticed that with each subsequent generation, the need for a centralized solution becomes more acute. The two young entrepreneurs partnered into creating Trusted Family which is a web-based information management solution that helps family business members communicate with shareholders, directors, and advisors. It also helps them organize all their essential documents in one secure place. We spoke to Edward Tyson about the exciting entrepreneurial journey that led to Trusted Family's success. Enjoy this episode with Edward. Well, I do think that actually one of the nice questions, one of the questions I would love to ask people is when in your life, when you were a child, were you the first time aware of the fact that your family had a business? Do you remember the moment when you started realizing that or has it always been part of your reality? Well, to be honest, I think my first, I mean, I've probably known about it, but I think my real realization of the implications was really when I turned 20 or 21 and my dad sent me to a family business conference. You see what I mean? Okay. Because I don't have the last name of the family business, you know, like we're in building materials. So it's not like, you know, products that you would see everywhere on the street. And so I think when I was young, I didn't really realize, I believe. I think it's really when I went to that conference that I you know, had to introduce myself as being part of a family business, explain what our family business was doing, etc. So I think that was really, I would say, the aha moment. And it's also where I started, you know, to get interested and engaged and wanted to contribute. You know? What kind of um, change of perspective did that give you on your family as a whole? Like, you know, did it change your ideas about sort of like how you guys interact? Like, did you start like seeing people in a different light? Like, did it impact you? No, so basically the way the whole trusted family started and this conference was really sort of a a key turning point in my life because I arrived there, I had to introduce myself to other participants and, you know, basically I realized I didn't know much about the family business and I didn't know much about the family Mm -hmm. and, you know, who the family members were and, you know, my cousins and everything. And that was back in sort of 2008. Back then I was still studying in business school, but I was working on sort of a web 2.0 project because all these web platforms, you know, were sort of popping uh, up the ground. You see what I mean? Mm. And I learned coding when I was was like 15, 16 years old. So to make a long story short, you know, after that event, I was like, hey, there should be a platform, you know, that would help sort of to create transparency, governance and manage this whole family business ecosystem. 
that's really how it started. And at that conference, I met another Edward who comes from another Belgian family business. And, you know, basically his family had sort of similar needs. And to make a long story very short, we basically decided to sort of build a platform for two families and share the cost between our, our two families. It's really interesting. So basically, would you say that it was your need to understand your own family better and to really learn more about your own family business that basically prompted the idea of trusted family? Would that be true? Yeah, it's totally correct. Yeah, it really started from a, a personal need. And so how did your family react, though? So when you went back and so you decided Edward and Edward decided to, <laughs> to, to start this new venture, like, did you tell your family about it? Or did you first like start building things and surprise them along the way with what you were doing? Well, initially, it wasn't a venture. It was more like a project. But, you know, obviously, you know, building a platform takes time. So back then I was still studying. And so I asked to take sort of a year off to work on this project and basically to make it happen. So that's really sort of what happened. I was really young, so I could afford sort of between my bachelor and my master, you know, to take a year off and, and to work on this. And then basically what happened is when we launched in my in my own family and, and my business partner's family, well, some members of our own families were also linked to other business families. And so they were like, hey, your platform is actually cool and interesting. We could use it too. And so that's really where I think the realization came that, you know, if we had the issue, there's probably a lot of other family businesses out there that have similar problems. And so we did some market research to really try and understand, well, what's the common problem that all family businesses face? You see what I mean? And I think, you know, the, the stats and, and, you know, the saying shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves, but, you know, it, it just, there's very few family businesses that stay together for more than sort of two, three generations, right? And part of the issue is that the family gets bigger, the family members, you know, spread out over different cities, you know, countries. Some people have an active role, others don't have an active role. People start to have different ownership stakes, you know, specifically at the third generation. And so the whole ecosystem becomes more complex, basically, right? Because also the, the businesses grow, you know, they, they are active in multiple jurisdictions, more and more entities get created, external advisors come in to provide advice and to manage stuff, right? And so this whole ecosystem becomes way more complex to, to manage. So after how much time did you have the platform ready to implement it? Did you both implement it in your family businesses? And what was the feedback on that? Well, yeah, we both implemented it. Well, we had an idea of what, you know, the family and our sort of, you know, companies wanted. But, you know, it's really when people start using it that you realize how they use it and what the needs are and also what the dynamics are. You see what I mean? Because, you know, in a meeting, you see how sort of, you know, family members interact and communicate with each other, but it doesn't necessarily, you know, reproduce in the same way, you know, on an online platform. Mm -hmm. So that was super interesting. So to be honest, we did quite a few different versions and the platform evolved, you know, quite a bit over time. But now today you have, obviously, there are families using the platform all over the world. You immediately went global, I believe, right? Like you immediately had families picking it up all over the world. Is that true? Well, the thing is, coming from Belgium, Belgium is a tiny country. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think very quickly we had this realization, you know, when we really decided to like turn this into a business, you know, we sort of looked at, well, where's the market? How big is the market? Where are the opportunities? And we realized that everywhere in the world, in every single country, most of the, you know, large businesses were owned by, by families, right? So I think our strategy was to go and talk to the sort of you know, top 10, top 20 sort of family businesses in, in every country, because the idea was, you know, one, they probably had the biggest need, and two, 
if we manage to you know get them on board, they would probably help us you know to develop uh, in that country. Yeah. And so I moved to New York, and you know we built a presence there, you know, for North and South America. And then my colleagues were in Brussels and, and London to build sort of more the European market, and we also you know built a presence in Asia. And so now I've moved back to London, which is a great platform, you know, because it's easy to connect, you know, with families all over the world. So over this whole span, it was interesting. You told me in the beginning, like it took you till the age of about twenty or twenty-one, and triggered by going to a conference that you realized that. You were actually part of a of a business family, of a family business, that that was actually a thing. So when you started your entrepreneurial journey, though, like, you know, how long did it take you guys to really define yourselves as entrepreneurs? Was there also a moment of realization when that project, that post-graduation project sort of merged into you, an actual startup and into an actual business? Was it a conscious thing or was it just something that just took a dynamic of its own? I think it's a combination of two things. I think I had an entrepreneurial mindset before that project in the sense that I had worked on other ideas before and I already had a positive inclination towards it. But yeah, I think Trusted Family initially was really a project where it's not like initially it was really built for the needs of our, our sort of two family businesses, right? And then we realized that there was a whole market and mm-hmm. you know we really thought, you know, what does the market need and you know what's the opportunity? So throughout this time as well, like within the family business field, right, like we've spoken about this before you and I, that there's actually over the last 10 years, particularly, there's a much bigger consciousness around the family business topic, it seems like the conversation has really picked up in volume and and people are speaking more about the particularities of family businesses and how they function. Like, how have you guys seen the reception of trusted families sort of like, has it become easier over the years? Have people also, as they digitalize, is the argument to bring in a digital platform for this kind of thing becoming easier? Or are you still facing a lot of resistance from businesses? And does it vary amongst regions? Like, is one region ahead of the other? You know, we've really become a governance platform. And so, you know, we really help families to manage their boards, their investment committees, their family council. You know, all the governance bodies they create, that's a big part of what we do. You know, the second thing that we do is we create transparency between the people that have an active role and the people that don't really have an active role mm-hmm. to make sure that they know, you know, about what's happening. And the third thing we really do is we manage a lot of important information and documents that, you know, are being created all over the place, but that are not really centralized. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we do that all in sort of a secure platform. So I think... You know, that's sort of the the positioning. And the question is, you know, what does a family need to be a right, you know, family to sort of sign up and to benefit from this? And I think what we realized is like, you know, families need to make a conscious decision to like want to be working from a professional way in a governance Mm -hmm. matter, right? A lot of families still work in a very informal way. And to be honest, what helps trusted family a lot today is the emergence of the whole family business advisory space. So now you have a lot of family business advisors out there who help families, you know, to set up uh, governance processes and policies and charters and, and governance bodies and all that stuff, which is great. And so most often they will then, you know, create written policies, but it's not because you have a policy that things actually work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's how we grow. A lot of these family business advisors introduce us to the families they work with after a project because they realize that, you know, for these families to be effective, they need technology 
to help run these meetings and to archive the minutes of these meetings and to have all the important documents and latest versions of these policies, you know, centrally archived, etc. So we work very, very closely, you know, with the whole family business advisor community. And for you, like, so it's it's a very interesting thing that you're doing, right? Like, because at the end of the day, you are in this sphere where you deal with businesses that want to last for generations and that, that are thinking in terms of generations that have a few generations behind them. But at the same time, you guys are clearly a tech company, which is very fast-paced. It's very competitive. So the two of you come from multi-generational families, but now you run a tech company that caters to multi-generational businesses. So is there a culture clash sometimes in the way that you guys like you know have to grow trusted family and at the same time cater to this sort of like longevity mindsets that your clients have and that you also inherited, I'm sure, from your own families? Yeah, I think it's a great question. And we try and, and get the best of both worlds. You see what I mean? I think mm. there's a lot of great things to be said about the whole tech ecosystem, you know, like fast innovation, fast development, go after big markets, you know, focus on a few key things, do them really, really well. There's a lot of things that we've learned from the tech space. But obviously, we also look very, very long term where, you know, we're here today, but we want to be there in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, mm -hmm. right? So the way we structure our business and the business model, you know, is really structured around long term alignment with our clients. See what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, like if we grow, it benefits our clients. And if our clients stay with us for a long time, well, it also helps us to be successful in the long run. Let's talk about that much feared topic of governance for a moment, because it's an interesting one. It's a bit of the stepchild in the family business discussion, I would say, because everybody knows they need to take care of it. But like a lot of people really don't want to. So <laughs> because I think there's a lot of fear associated with what it means to implement governance, etc. So because you deal with both ends, so you deal with like understanding it from your own family business background, but you also understand the implementation challenges that a family might have by seeing what's happening on trusted family networks. For you today, what do you think are the biggest sort of like flaws in how we talk about governance for family businesses? Do we need to have a governance 2.0 discussion in the family business space, according to you? What we see and what we try and focus on is really, you know, we have this culture in my family to say if, if something's important, You need two things. You need someone in charge of it and you need a budget for it. You see what I mean? And governance is one of these topics. Like, what does governance really mean? Is it important or not? Right. And so I think the first things families have to really assess how important is it for us and how much do we invest in it? And then who's in charge of it? And so I think, you know, I always see every listed company in the world that has a shareholder relations team, has sort of, you know, a compliance team, a legal team that's in charge of all these governance topics, right? Most listed companies are not really regulated, and so they work in a much more informal way. And I think that has some risks. And so what we advise family companies is really to say, you know, appoint someone in charge of your governance, both on the board and shareholder side, because, you know, once you have someone in charge, there's going to be a strategy, there's going to be an execution behind, uh, et cetera. Right? So I think that's the most important thing. Because ultimately, it's about decision making, and they just need to decide how they will take decisions. You know, if everyone have the same vote or not, etc. But you know, for me, even if only one person takes the decision, documenting why a decision is made, mm. and you know, the thinking, the strategic thinking that goes behind the decision, documenting that is often very valuable for the mm. future. 
Because if it's big decisions, well, the next generation, they want to understand why five years ago, 10 years ago, you know, 15 years ago, we entered that business or we did this or that project, et cetera, right? And so I think documenting why decisions are taken and which decisions are made, I think is really, really, really important for sort of the long-term success. Well, thank you very much, Edouard. And if anyone wants to know more, of course, about uh, Trusted Family, we're including a whole bunch of links below this podcast episode for them to click through, get in touch with your team, get a demo of this really great platform that will help you implement governance structures in your family business and bring accountability. Thank you, Edouard, for this conversation. Thank you for listening to the Family Business Voice. Subscribe to our channels now on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify to be notified of our weekly episodes.